Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, America. For presenting yourselves on this battlefield. I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Oh! The English are too many. to seven feet tall. Yes, I've Killed men by the hundreds. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his heart. <laughs> I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Right against that? No. We will run. And we will live. Aye. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your bed many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the day from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Good evening, America. Thank you, Joseph Gibson, for allowing us to join in with you on your uh, blog talk channel, Understanding the Times in Which We Live. Tonight we have with us um, Justice Waters from the state of free state of Indiana. We have uh, Governor Henning from the free state of Wisconsin. Um, David Herger from the free state of Wisconsin, a historian. His wife, um, Gene and him uh, put together a uh, couple of books called The Inhabited, available 
on your favorite bookstore. You need to get a hold of books one and two and understand the truth and understand the desire for freedom. I love that introduction because freedom is what everybody wants. Freedom from oppression, freedom from all kinds of ugly things, and that's been the strive for humanity forever is that trying to find that freedom. And that's what the United States offered so many people throughout the world for so many years, and now it's just become a big fly trap. And they've opened the borders, and they're inviting all the miscreants to come on in because it doesn't matter anymore. Because the truth is out there if you know where to look and you know how to decipher and use deductive reasoning. And when they take those abilities away from us, they've really got us behind the eight ball, so to speak. It's like sitting on the railroad tracks watching the oncoming train and not being able to get your foot on the gas and get the heck off the railroad tracks. The deer in the headlight syndrome. Unable to process what's coming at you. And so tonight, I use that as an introduction for a very delicate conversation of truth and of history. And welcome to our reality, folks. Knowledge is a heavy taskmaster. And we're faced with those challenges as we strive to find our way through this time in which we live. Justice Waters, welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us tonight. What would you have to say to the American people, sir? Well, thank you, Governor. Thank you, Joseph, for allowing us on. It's always an honor to be on radio with you. America, over the last three years, I've had the privilege of sharing with you information, news, updates, things that are happening in real time, things to be aware of. But what I'm going to share tonight goes way beyond all that. It's happening right now. It started about 20 years ago. It happens so slowly that you don't even catch wind of it. We're going to do this in two parts tonight. The second part, it's all going to come together for you. The first part, I'm going to uh, kind of like set the stage. There's some things that you just have to know in order to understand it. In wartime schooling, the first thing you do before you ever attack an enemy is you make sure you have secured the nations around the nation you want to attack. You never attack a nation that has all of its allies that surrounds it, and then maybe that they do trade with. So in today's world, how do you secure those nations? Okay, so let's say you are the nation I want to attack. So in order for that to happen, there are three nations that surround you. 
and five other nations away from you and your borders that you do trade with. First thing I need to do is get those nations that are so far away from you physically to get so much in debt to me that when I call their loans out, they will either collapse or they will give up their sovereignty to me and only to me. And then I can start sending troops and supplies in. My promise, however, is I will build up your infrastructure. I'll keep your businesses and many more to to flourish. I'll keep you and your government afloat. Yet keeping you needing my assistance all the time, but making sure your head's just above water, that without me, your entire nation goes down completely. So I loan you money, billions every year. Every year, another billion or so. And your nation looks all new and built up, except on every street corner, there's a restaurant that from my people and a bank from my people. And in every major city, I start to build up my military on your soil just to make sure you stick to my plan and that you try no tricks. Now, as as all things come to pass, I may need to kill a few leaders, you know, just in the process to make sure you and everybody else understands I mean business. And business is real and business is good. But my real goal is you your nation, your businesses, your infrastructure, your banking, your loans, and most importantly, your land. I want to own what you have. I would much rather you just gave me the keys to the entire nation and we would get along and never have to fire one shot. But if that doesn't happen, we can shoot. And if necessary, I I can bring in as many troops as I need to get the job done. Because after all, I have many more than you do. Oh, and the best way for me to do that is to make sure that you and your people have no clue as to what I'm doing. That requires me to outright own all the news outlets that's in your nation, all the TV and radio and print, and just for good measure, I will plant a really entertaining platform on your Internet browsers so your people can get on, have a page, and they can have all their private information there. So I can know every person who uses this platform, their birth date, their social security numbers, their home addresses, phone numbers, even if you own a gun or not. I will be pretty secure in what I'm doing, and it will seem that your people are as well. 
but we will use this platform against you in the end at any given time, date, or month. First, we want you and your people through the banking loans, the rent-to-own places, the check-cashing stores, and even casinos to get so far into debt that you have no alternative but to either pay me or bow down to me. Most of all, I need a person, just one, who will let me on the inside of your nation, who will work for me, and who will become my scapegoat if need be. Now wait, Roger, are you telling me this can happen in America? When we come to the second half, we will all see for sure. Governor, I'm going to open it up to you and David as well. Uh, Actually, anybody else who may have something to say, uh, I'm going to open the floor up, sir. Thank you, Roger. And uh, interesting uh, introduction, Roger. During that introduction, I realized I had failed to include uh, Representative Binder, an important part of our team, in the introduction. I ask your apologies. Accept my apologies, Representative, for uh, my old man's moment. Um, no problem. Anyway, uh, it's interesting. That's exactly the same tactics that we've been using uh, uh, around the world uh, since we be- became uh, a superpower starting back after uh, the late 1800s. The 1900s, World War One, World War Two. What changed in America, where all we wanted to be was left alone and enjoy our freedom, like we talked about in the introduction earlier. And now we became an aggressor under internationally under David Hurd was probably a better linguist than I am, but uh, uh, the deception of the English language and we became a liberator and nothing lives in a vacuum according to cowboy science and so I mean something had to replace that and they became enslaved like you described Roger. Yeah, but Governor, Governor, uh, let me interject here if I, I may, Joe Gibson here. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are concerned with the times that we live today or the things that some, some of the things that Roger may have brought up here, are, you know, they don't understand the foreign policy and the foreign aspect, I think, a lot of it. I think that's what I'm getting also a lot of feedback lately is people is, – is what happens over in Ukraine, they don't think it affects them or, they, or what happens in China or, or wherever. And when we start talking foreign affairs or foreign policy – or start talking about the global issue here. People are, you know, where they're more directed and concerned what's going on in their own backyard locally, you know. So how do we, you know, kind of bridge the gap here? Well, you know, life is like a diamond, and we talked about this many times. I use this illustration. It depends upon which facet you want to look at that diamond at. Uh, and 
so is life. And so it's a matter of perspective. And so, you know, you look at it from the globalist uh, world viewpoint of the ones that want to control you know, slave humanity, and it's just a chessboard. And you're right. And that's part of the process is to make us comfortable in believing that we're an island unto ourselves as a nation when in reality we're just a piece on the chessboard and they're moving us around without our understanding of what's going on around us. And that's why we're on this show with you, Joe. And uh, so a lot of times you can't see the forest for the trees. We all heard that statement. And so we need to back off and look at it from a different perspective maybe to help understand uh, the agenda of who's moving the chess pieces and how that fits into today and what we're going through. Because as Roger's going to go into, um, it becomes abundantly clear as to the, the chess pieces that they've put in place to ensure their, uh, their victory. And when you get to the end of the conversation, it becomes immensely sobering. Well, with the, with the gas price, I think the gas really hit home with them. And, what, and we've, we've said it so many times that, yeah, it was going to be 5 6 $7 a gallon, which it is now, and it's going to be $10 and $12 a gallon by next year on, this, on the pace that they're going now. And people don't, nah, nah. Well, it is, actually. It's going to. We're already right. Well, we've already been right already on this. You know, we we said this. If you go back to the December uh, show that you did with me, I think we said that uh, we openly stated that this was going to happen, what was going to happen here in the spring, and it's happening. So so it's going to get worse, but people say, but again, we got that gap, and people that are listening here, you, you know, well, it doesn't affect me, or, you know, or, or, you know, look what happens, you know, I'm only going to be here a few more years on this earth anyway, or who knows, maybe tomorrow, why concern myself with it? Just live my life the best I can, let these people who control everything control it. You know, you get that attitude too, let them control it, because you know what, I don't have a say anyway, because people feel helpless, they don't have a say. But I'll yield you know now, what? go ahead. You know what, Joe? You are so absolutely right. And leave it to me just to cut it off at the knees. And here's the here's where the reality of that statement really ends up. It only matters to the survivors. I agree. Let that one sit again. And follow our show and you will come to that understanding in a fresh new perspective. Because Justice Waters is going to bring forth some really interesting information and tie some pieces together so that we can understand these times in which we live. And it's a uh, it's incredible. It is incredible the challenges that we're going to be facing as humanity. And people need to listen. People need to pay attention because this is what's happening right now today. You know. You know the really, thought. The thought occurred to me as I was just having a, a brief moment of silence in my backyard this afternoon that in order for one person to survive, it takes preserving and canning the crop in which you are able to grow and labor to get that crop planted and seeds to plant that crop and, oh, that doesn't talk about, oh, we need soap and we need clothing 
And, you know, one person, one person alone, one, one family alone is going to have a difficult time in getting through life, whether it's in the society in which we live today or whether it's in the, the bleakest of times. And so in order to sustain humanity and our our lives, we're going to have to come to the table and communicate and learn to get along and to make this thing work. And this is what all the effort's about. If I could, of all the years that we've been on the radio and we've been doing these things, is to bring people to the table to get a conversation started. Well, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I, I've been wanting to get to, I've been wanting to actually intervene and in getting it to start bridging out now to the military. Uh, that's what I've been trying to. That's what my ideas. I think that was a text that I sent you last week, where but I was trying to implant your ideas. I think it's time that I need to know where they stand and where and what. And you said they have their orders. Well, I was time for it to see what's going on because what's going on is a crime right before our very eyes, and mm-hmm. we have to you know and we have to be careful here. So. But I think it's time to see where they stand, and I, and I think it's time that maybe they take a more out, open – we have to have the military to, 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 in, in this regardless because our civil uh, – our, our society is just not educated enough or, or, or has the moral uh, foundations to even stand upon uh, that rock to build off of because they're so lost. We have so many lost people out there um, with the crime that's running rampant, uh, the, the high prices now and everything getting us, punching us in the gut, the New World Order. And uh, now they're even openly discussing it, the liberal New World Order they were talking about on Fox News the other night. You know, I said it about 90 times. So, you know, and this is stuff I was talking about many years ago that people were calling me crazy about. So, but it's time maybe to start pulling in the military and uh, reaching contacts and, and, and starting, you know, I don't know how to go about that, though, but I'm learning. Well, well Joe, um, as we all know, we're not in control of this thing, and we, we're just along for the ride, and some of us have better sources of information and, and perspective to draw upon than others, and that's what conversation's about. I was born uneducated or ignorant, and I hope I don't die that way. You know, I want to do all I can be. And, you know, in that, it differs, it goes off base a little bit from what Roger and the conversation is about tonight, but I will say that there was another piece of information shared uh, by an international country uh, today that um, they're making some financial moves. And rule number one, I always talk about rule number one, follow the money. And this, again, puts another block in... Uh, what's going on with our stock markets and all the rest of these things. So I use that to answer your question, Joe. Right. We'll leave it at that, I guess, for now. We will find find out where the military stands very promptly. And you're not going to have to wait long for that answer. And events are already in process, which is making that, Request come true at a higher levels than you and I deal with, but the information's out there. You just got to know where to look and, and how it fits into the puzzle. And so all these things that I've been sharing over the years too is beginning to to come true. But anyway, let's go back to uh, Justice Waters and, and his presentation here. Um, 
Governor uh, um, Henney or uh, uh, David Herber, anyone else have something that they would like to share about our, our conversation tonight? This is David Herber. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity. This None of this stuff would happen without deceptive propaganda. It goes back to the basis that Jesus pointed out in John chapter 8, verse 44, you are the father of the devil, the lust of your father you will do. And he was a murderer from the beginning and a bold not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a lie, the father of it. This corporate democracy is run by feelings. The republic is run by God's standards, the laws of nature and of nature. God. So let's get to the nitty-gritty here. The reason that we're in trouble is because we have a corporate democracy that's built on the sand, sand that's eroding away. It's not built on a rock. And with that, I yield. That's a great illustration, David. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, that sand. could be called jurisdiction, couldn't it? Man's jurisdiction, yeah. man's laws, or the laws of nature and nature's God. Yeah. Yeah, the rock. Anybody else? Well, uh, Justice Water, do you have any closing comments? Put this together for everybody. Um, you know, in Africa, you would think that we, the United States, would have nothing to do with Africa. I mean, after all, you know, the Congo, uh, Zimbabwe, and all those nations. Are you aware, America, that China actually owns all the governments of Central Africa, Angola, Maldives, uh, the Congo, all these African nations in the central part of Africa owe China tons upon tons of money. They got they got Chinese troops in these African countries. So what does that mean to us? It's financial. Where do you think your diamonds come from? Half the world's gold comes from that part of the, of the world. Not to mention there is lithium and other elements that China needs to corner the market on the new Green Deal. You know, AOC, you know, that group of people wanting you to buy the electric car where China builds the batteries for it. Now, you know. What about Central America? Did you know that there is Chinese troops right now, tonight, sitting in Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Venezuela, Ecuador, Colombia? Brazil has an election next year. If the president there today is voted out of office, that means they just went socialist and China's moving in. The second largest economy 
in the Americas, Brazil. What about the North American continent? Ever heard of a country named Canada? The Canadian government in 2015 made a signed agreement with President Xi of China to have him bring troops in. Why? Because Canada had borrowed so much funds and banking loans from China in years past. China called them out. They couldn't repay. That leaves us, America, right smack in the middle of Mexico and Canada. Now you know why the borders are opened and they're not closing under the present administration. Now you know why they had to get rid of Trump. Trump closed the borders. China said open them up. Why? Well, do you know that in June of 2009, while the Obama-Biden White House was just getting ramped up, Hunter, Joe's son, co-founded an organization called Rosemont Seneca Partners. It's an investment fund, along with Christopher Hines. That would be the stepson of John Kerry. And Devon Archer a former John Kerry advisor. In April of 2010, Hunter visited China as a Rosemont Seneca rep during the second year of his father's vice presidency. While he was there, he gained audiences with top CCP enterprise, including Postal Savings Bank, and top Chinese investment corporations. He opened up the Rosemont Seneca Corporation for loans outside of China for other nations to get loans from the CCP. The problem is the CCP has allowed Rosemont to loan out more money than these nations can repay. Therefore, China steps in and forgives their loans for the advancement of Chinese troops and governmental leadership in their nations. Now you know why Joe Biden had to win the last election at all costs. Stealing it, cheating at it, however, he had to win. Now you know why Joe Biden has the southern borders wide open because Mexico is a borrower of Chinese money, and they cannot repay their loans either. So China called their loans in, and now fentanyl, which is manufactured in the powder form in China, is brought over by containers on ships to um, different areas of the western coast of Mexico, brought into Mexico City, brought into other areas where the cartel is hidden. They make the, the fentanyl tablets, bag it, box it, put it in pipes, 
They even put it in small Ziploc bags and cut people open and put it in their stomachs and their intestines so they can sneak it across the border. Sick. But that's what they do. China holds most of the diamond riches of the world by holding Africa. They hold most of the gold and the lithium. You can't buy a battery that doesn't have Chinese fingers on it. Now, you, the United States, you're being squeezed in the middle between Canada and Mexico. Both of these nations have borrowed large sums of money, and now they are beholden to China. The Chinese Communist Party and the military that belongs to them are on their lands. They are seen in Canadian military bases in Magog, which is southwest of Chavok, north of Maine. Cornwall, just north of Manassa, New York. St. Catharines, just northwest of Niagara Falls. London, about 70 miles from Detroit, Michigan. Winnipeg, north of Grand Forks, North Dakota. And Victoria, northwest of Seattle. In Mexico, they've been spotted in Tijuana and Mexicali, south of the uh, Californian border, and Matamoros, just south of Brownsville, Texas. They've also been seen throughout Mexico City. They bring in the fentanyl through large container ships to Acapulco, 250 miles south of the Mexican city, and they are transported to drug cartels for manufacturing. They then transport it to the border on tractor trailers and wait for the human traffickers to come with a large group of immigrants who want to cross the Rio Grande or California border into the United States. These images of these big caravans walking through, they're not just coming because they want to come to the U.S., the cartels in Mexico are using them to bring fentanyl in, intermingled with Chinese, intermingled with drug cartels, intermingled with uh, very bad people, international terrorists. President Biden does have a handle on the border. And yes, everything is going according to his plan. The Bidens are compromised bought and paid for by the Chinese money, which has blood on it. Senator Harry Reid was to gain access to over 100 acres of land out in Arizona, but a ranching family called the Bundys didn't cave, and Reid lost millions in Chinese money. He also lost his livelihood because after the Chinese triad paid him a visit, for failing the CCP, he had to resign from the Senate. The U.S. southern border is wide open because Joe Biden was told to open it up and keep it open. Joe Biden does not listen to you, the American people. He listens to China. He listens to President Xi. He gets paid to Hunter Biden from China's banking empire. And he does what he is told from China. 
there's only two reasons why the borders are open. One, to allow the fentanyl in to kill and destroy two generations of future military and political leaders. And two, to prepare the way for a totally clean CCP military takeover of the U.S. mainland, Hawaii, and Alaska. At the same time, Joe Biden is the Chinese fall guy here in America. And when China is done with them, then they all will be gone, the entire family. Because China cannot have people running around that know how they took over America and other nations. No military to stop them because they're being dumbed down to speak the clear and present language brought on by AOC and her goons, the Green New Deal, brought on by AOC and the left, because if all America goes green and buys electric cars, China owns the market on lithium. Now, do you see what's happening here? Now you know what must be done. We are way past writing your congressmen because they are also caught up in the agenda of the Communist Chinese Party. Governor, I yield back to you. Thank you, Roger. That's uh, real eye-opening, really eye-opening. But I do believe that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that light is called jurisdiction. And one jurisdiction is called a rock. And that's the jurisdiction of the laws of nature and of nature's God. And the second jurisdiction is the jurisdiction we find ourselves living under today, and that's man's jurisdiction through corporate law and UCC law, advocacy law. A law where you're guilty till you're proven innocent, where uh, you're a slave and you really don't have any say so. And so, this is where we're at today, folks, and it's coming to a head real quick, as I illustrated earlier by following rule number one, and that is the money. And things are moving in that circle. And just like I talked about years ago, Russia has gone into the BRICS system. Several other countries, Iraq and Iran, are looking at uh, joining that. Um, obviously, uh, some African nations, uh, Zimbabwe made some statements here just recently um, and put a date on it. Put a date on it this month. That's how soon, Joe. Governor Henney, would you tell us? how we can band together and communicate together and stand for our republic. I will. Thank you, Governor Carpenter. Um, thank you, David Hurtler, for your words this evening. And Justice Waters, as always, thank you for sharing with the American people. And, you know, this that should wake up Americans to what's going on with their country. Now they're being sold out. We need to stand strong, stand our ground. You know, our founding fathers used the Holy Bible. And it's a biblical law form here in America that our founding fathers used 
And they use that Holy Bible to write the Constitution of America, of America, United States of America, Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. It's so important that we understand that and read that Bible and also the Constitution. We need to stand in that jurisdiction, circa 1860. You know, Dave and Jean Hurdler have written a, a couple books. One is uh, Re-Inhabited Republic for the United States of America, Volume 1, America's Truthful History. Now you can buy that book at reinhabitedrepublic.com. Also, uh, Volume 2 is Re-Inhabited Republic for the United States of America, uh, the story of the re-inhabitation. You need to understand what's going on in America. Dave and Jean have volunteered their time for several years and donated these books to you, we the people. Um, also, Jean has written another book, James Timothy Turner, American President and Political Prisoner. And it's a legal brief and appeal to courts of heaven. That book also can be bought at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Re-Inhabited Republic. Back. You know, America, it's, it's so important right now that we, we stand up and not be misled with these, uh, these demons that have been bought out and against the American people. You know, it's time to take and educate yourself and take control of this great American republic that our forefathers left for us to protect and enjoy. We are holding your seats and the title to the American republic. You just need to want it back and take ownership of your part. You need to spread the word. Go to republicforunitedstatesofamerica.org. You can read many items there. One is the Declaration of Sovereign Intent, which is served on the world. It's a legal document. And also the Proclamation of Claim of Interest. It's so important that we all read and educate ourselves and not just be duped. Um, there's always a verse that we should all read and uh, understand because this this country is founded on Christianity, and our founding fathers used, the, like I said earlier, the Holy Bible to build this country with a covenant to our Father God. You know, read Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So... We know somebody that's stronger than the CCP and the Bidens and all the other criminal Luciferian minions. So God bless America. Stand your ground. Thank you, Governor Carpenter. Thank you, Governor Henning. Um, Here's Andy Binder. We all listening tonight in a those listening in the future. Need your prayer, sir. Need all our prayers. We need all the prayer we can get, and we appreciate your being our prayer warrior. And so, I'll yield to you, sir. Absolutely, thank you. It's definitely an honor and a privilege to pray on this call. And thank you, Uncle Joe, for allowing us to be here. Well, let's go to God in prayer. That's about the best thing we can do in times like this. And you know, God's never late, but He's seldom early. So, uh, need need lots of prayers. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne humbly, and now uh, we beseech you to watch over us. We pray this psalm, the psalm, the prayer of Psalms 91 over our military, Psalms 82 over our courtroom, and Psalms 75 over America, Father God. And we're also going to further this prayer um, using the first prayer in Congress. 
September 1774, because it seems to be fitting right now. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, high and mighty King of kings and Lord of lords, who dost from thy throne behold all the dwellers on earth and reignest with power supreme and uncontrolled over all the kingdoms, empires, and governments, look down in mercy we beseech thee on these American states. We have fled to thee from the rod of the oppressor and thrown themselves on thy gracious protection, desiring henceforth to be dependent only on thee. To thee they have appealed for the righteousness of their cause. To thee do they now look up for the countenance and support which thou alone canst give them. Take them, therefore, Heavenly Father, under thy nurturing care. Give them wisdom and counsel and valor in the field. Defeat the malicious design of our cruel adversaries. Convince them of unrighteousness of their cause, that they persist in their sanguinary purpose, O let the voice of thy own unerring justice sounding in their hearts, constrain them to drop the weapons of war from their unnerved hands in the day of battle. Be thou present, O God of wisdom, and direct the counsels of this honorable assembly, enable them to settle things on the best and surest foundation, that the scene of blood may be speedily closed, that order, harmony, and peace may be effectually restored, and truth and justice, religion and piety prevail and flourish among thy people. Preserve the health of their bodies and vigor of their minds. Shout on them the millions that they here represent, such temporal blessings as thou seest expedient for them in this world, and crown them with everlasting glory in the world to come. All this we ask in the name and through the merits of Jesus Christ, thy Son, and our Savior. Amen. Amen. From your lips to God's ears. Amen. Thank you, Representative Bider. Um, Joe, are you still with us tonight? Yeah, I'm still here. I just want to say uh, um, just uh, a very good message, and hopefully, uh, you know, as we, you know, this is what we've been, it was the third, fourth time now we've done this, the Republic platform here, excuse me, I believe, now in a row. And uh, it's new. I've gotten a lot of emails where asking, what happened? What happened to the podcast? And obviously we know uh, with my personal uh, life right now, I've kind of taken a back door to it just uh, recently because of the death of my father. But uh, uh, the Republic is on uh, Tuesdays, and they're like, well, what's going on with this Tuesday thing? So I'm trying to explain it to them, and I want people out there now that are listening. A lot of do people listen in the archive. They listen on their way to work tomorrow morning, actually. So that's when they'll hear this show. But people that want to uh, talk to the Republic or engage the Republic, at the end of the podcast, they can. Uh, I, w- I want to put that invitation out if it's okay with everybody here on the phone line here because I know we, you guys have a, a, a specific platform that you go by when we do the Republic and uh, platform here on, uh, on uh, Tuesdays. But at the end, if, any, if, if the general public would like to engage the, uh, uh, their government, then they should be able to do so. I would be. I would. I think that's what the really one of the main purposes was of getting the republic on here. Also, so we need to put that invitation out there and and let people know that. So this way here at the end, if people want to have questions, then this is your time. It's your government. This is your government here working for you. You know, I mean, not the de facto. Uh, so and, and this is your chance to ask questions and your chance to learn how to become involved and get involved and learn about your republic. So with that, I'll, uh, like I said, hopefully uh, the more people will engage on Tuesday. I think they will. We just got to put the word out there properly. And uh, 
I'll yield okay, right there. Joe, Thank you. I think I think that's a great idea. You know, yeah. Well, we all welcome that. Uh, you know, basically we look at this as a, as a time to update people and to, to get their knowledge level up and to to help them face what's coming with a little bit of knowledge. It'll help soften the blow a little bit and they can get prepared. Um, and but we need to communicate. And this is our town hall, if you will. Yeah, and that guy's good. I like you use that term, town hall. Perfect. Slipped my mind. <laughs> tell them, so tell them how they do that, please, Joe, so we can get that going. Well, well, of course, uh, Tuesdays, uh, you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Joseph Gibson, 657-383-0616. Tuesdays, that would be, um, excuse me, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Eastern Standard Time. Or you can go to iHeartRadio, type in Joseph Gibson Podcast Online Radio. You can go to uh, Spotify now and uh, go to type in Joseph Gibson Podcast. Listen there. I know a lot of people like Spotify. You can go to Spreaker. You can go, um, you can go to Podchaser um, and, uh, and listen in. So you can listen in. And, of course, we know that we got a lot of people that listen in the archive, and they do go there and listen. So, uh, or they log into Blog Talk and listen. Not too many on Blog Talk, but more on iHeartRadio, I noticed. So, uh, yeah, join us. Call in and engage your government. We're here for you. Thank you. Love to, love to have anybody uh, step up. We love constructive, constructive conversation, you know. Uh, we don't, none of us know it all. We're all learning together, and you know, there's new events coming forth every day that are, are life-changing. Um, I do believe that these coming next couple of weeks is going to be essential for people to prepare for uh, some really difficult times and even furthering uh, breakdown in our uh, supply system. And uh, I can't stress enough that people need to uh, to have the ability to be self-sustainable for a number of weeks. It's coming real quick. And according to what we learned today, it's openly published that things are going to change this month. So follow the money, Joe. Yeah, well, I just want to put this out there, too, for everybody to test. we got the time, just everybody has to tune in and listen. Uh, you know, on my Facebook, uh, I have the – not many people have this. I have a different type of account on my Facebook. It's a business account, and it's a meta account, and it's a, I have my own, uh, like, TV studio now there that I was approved of. So maybe something in the future to think about. Uh, it's a different – and Facebook will actually do it once – I upload the video or even go live. Facebook will put everything in there and broadcast it for me without me even having to do it. So uh, it took me 12 years to get that account. So they have to send you paperwork in the mail. Uh, uh, Facebook, mailing me paperwork. So and a lot of people say you can't write to Facebook. Yes, you can if you know the right people. So, um, But anyway, I got the right paperwork filled out, so I have that, that account set up. Um, it's not marketplace. It's none of that. No, that's for the general public. I have, I have a, uh, a, I guess you could say, the good old boys club uh, uh, account. So that will, uh, you know, the big guys out there, you know, like Glenn Beck, uh, you know, those those people that have the big TV accounts there. You can go on Facebook TV Live and watch. So I have that type of account. So that's something we need to think about in the future to maybe get the. Uh, the word out there and message and, and engage, gauge like a town hall type of a process. Well, that's a great idea. You know, you're 
you're an integral part of this uh, this communications team. And you know, when it comes to those type of specialties, that's your that's your calling, and you've got to uh, play a big role. And we appreciate all that you've uh, done for years. What has it been now? 10, 12, oh, 14 years you've been at this, Joe? <laughs> uh, first starting engaging the Republic back in 2009, uh, doing, the, doing the meetings and everything, and, uh, you know, with the grand jurors and stuff like that, and uh, serving the governors, their letters. Uh, you know, I was back then, yeah. But uh, part of the Patriot community, obviously, you know, there's probably people on the line that have been part of it longer than I have, but actively since 1991. Uh, you know, part when you know Ridge, we all remember that. That's pretty much when I really got on board when Ruby Ridge uh, with Randy Weaver. Uh, wow. That story there. So, um, but uh, yeah, a big part of the militia movement during the 1990s, and then uh, obviously the Restore America plan. Uh, you know, the, and, and the Republic was was really the lawful way of doing things, and it's a lawful way of restoring the your government in our country right now. Well, you just you just proved. My point, my friend, you're part of a dying breed, like uh, so many of us on here. We look back at those days and how many of our fellow patriots we've lost along the way and how many have given up hope and yeah. just settled in and they're along for the ride, you know, they're, they're going to quit worrying about it because their quote-unquote shot didn't, uh, didn't amount to much. And uh, Yeah, it's been a brutal, brutal ride, you know, and very few – very few of us survivors uh, around with uh, that longevity. That's correct. And uh, I guess as part of that process, you can't unsee the truth once you see it. <laughs> That's true. There's a couple of things that I don't want to talk about here. Maybe we can talk about maybe next week or something. There's an idea I think that would really, really spark, uh, that would spark uh, uh, a huge following or back collective, a collective movement back with the Republic like we had in, with the Restore America plan with President Turner in the beginning. I have an idea, actually, um, uh, that I'll discuss, which I guess got to articulate it properly so it doesn't come across the wrong way. But I think this is what the people really are looking for as I analyze it, because that's what I'm on. Wheels are always turning on how to analyze and grow and get the communications, like you said, communication, and get the networking out there together so that we can come together lawfully as one. But, you know, we're all constantly fighting off the evil out there. We have these idiots out there constantly setting, put, throwing darts at us, you know. I like to call it. They're throwing darts, and, you know, and they're, yeah, and they're striking us in the center every time now. So we have to be careful. Well, I, I, yeah, karma kind of brings back my, my lifelong goal, I say, tongue-in-cheek, you know, and that is to be like Rush Limbaugh, critics, and whether people agree with you or not, you still get paid to express your opinion. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> those those without a, a mind towards a solution uh, want to concentrate on throwing those darts. Am I wrong on that, Joe? That's the way it seems. No, no, you're not wrong. But so, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's 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 we have to have you know, like you you're uh, here and I'm here and uh, David's here and like you said, look at the sacrifice David and Jean did writing the, those great uh, volumes there of the. Uh, uh, the books there, uh, you know, uh, explaining and outlining the history of our country. Uh, the awesome uh, read for everybody out there that they should pick up. That listen, yeah, really, they should 
purchase those books uh, uh, and, and, and read them and, and keep them in their library because they're awesome to have. They have a lot of footnotes and, and links also at the end of the book there uh, that you can reference to and go back and look uh, and, and where they got a lot of this information. So it's awesome material to get the facts and a lot of tools in there for people to use too. Everyone always wants to get something out of something. Well, there you go. You, these there are links that are in those books. Uh, you can uh, go back and there's a lot of tools if you follow those links where you can download stuff, paperwork, affidavits, forms. You could read stuff. You have access to resource libraries. There's a lot of stuff in those books. I'm not going to spill all the beans here on the show. you got to go and buy the books. But, uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, buy them and read them. And uh, I believe uh, uh, David and Gene came on my podcast. I went back and looked uh, where, they, where they signed uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the re-inhabited book there for me uh, back in 2014. You know, so they came on my podcast show to discuss it and, and promote it. So, uh, you know, so it's, look how long many years it's been. You know, we've been doing yeah. this, we're, you know, when we're pounding the pavement. But you have to keep repeating yourself over and over and over because eventually the people will get it. Repetition breeds. It's just like going to work out at a gym. Repetition. That's what you got to do to make your body get in shape. Well, we need repetition to, to heal our country. Repetition over and over. you got to keep pounding it and hitting the pavement. Once you give up, that's it. So you got to keep moving forward. Always keep moving forward. Never take a step backwards. Speaking about those books. Uh, we've come to an agreement with um, Sweet Song Nashville, uh, and the uh, man behind that, Dennis Money, uh, one of the oldest and most prestigious uh, recording studios in country music in, the, in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, they're uh, working with uh, Nicky Womack, um, his cousin is Leon Womack, uh, and uh, well-known in the music industry in, in uh, Nashville. And uh, he's uh, beginning to uh, put everything together to uh, start uh, producing those books on audio. So That'd we're be great. going uh, one of these years, and hopefully it won't be too many. Uh, we'll be able to do that with a little more technology than uh, than the hard copy books. But well, they're not that hard to put on audio. I wish you guys would have told me that uh, uh, long, way back when. I mean, there's, it's very easy to actually put on audio, download on audio, and uh, actually uh, I have a, actually a duplicator myself, a DVD duplicator, CD duplicator, and, and you can put them on audio and ship them out. I mean, and I have a disc labeler too. So, you know, so yeah, it's not that hard. It's just that uh, you just got to do the legwork, you know. But, need the people yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day, Joe. It, you know, oh, I know, you know I know. Oh, trust me, I know. Can you add at 24? Well, the audio version, that's why I said the audio version of the book is so great because if people could pop it in their car while they're driving or they can, uh, you know, we're talking about the re-inhabited series here, you know, and, uh, you know, they can listen, you know, any time. Because it's hard for people to pick up a book nowadays and, and sit down in their living room or their couch or what have you and read. We all know that. It's just not the way people do things anymore, you know. So, uh, you know, so everything has to be done on on their phones in audio format or download on an app or something like that, just like this podcast yeah. show, you know. Exactly. So, anyway, we're moving forward a little bit at a time, but uh, you know, it's coming. It's coming. So, anyway, uh, anyone else on the 
broadcast tonight. Want to join in? Yes, I'm Yeah, anybody friend. press the number one six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one on your keypad on your phone if you're listening, or if you're on the internet listening, you can call in. It's the only way you can call in. I don't have direct connect here hooked up. Well, I believe we have Skype, but it doesn't work half the time. So, but call in on your cell phone if you got something you want to say. If not, uh, you guys, uh, I don't. I wanted to ask you this. We never covered this. How do you want to wrap up the end of the podcast? I mean, you just want to end it, hit the end button, or do you want to play something here on the end, at the back side of this? How do you want to do it? And I see Sarge yeah. just joined in the chat room there. So, uh, hey, welcome, Sarge. How you doing? Uh, been a long time. We're putting out the word out there. Anybody got something they want to share here tonight? Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press number one. Uh, let us know what's going on out there. Anybody got some intel information? Or if you missed the podcast, then shame on you. There we go. We got the hand up right there. I think that's Sarge. So, bring him on. He always got well, lots of information. Hey, man. It's good to talk to you. I'm glad to see you recovered from the holidays, however you want to put it. And how's the good doctor doing? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. <laughs> We're here doing the Republic show right I mean, now. How's the governor uh, we, doing, rather? Oh, the governor. Oh, the governor. Go ahead, governor. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice dose of reality, Sarge. Thanks for asking. You know, I got out of the peace and quiet of the 80-foot uh, Ponderosa Pines at about 8,000 feet elevation and went into the big city where it was hot and busy and had to be Colorado Springs where in your world that means there was a, a real mixing pot of humanity and drivers that go along with that humanity. And if you've never driven in Colorado Springs, because of your experience, I know you would appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah, believe me. Uh, yeah, I've been, a, I've been to... Um, um, uh, around in at Fort Carson, Colorado, so I know yeah. kind of what it's like. Yeah, it's I mean, beautiful. You got people from every country in the world driving, just like where they came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Well, you got you got your you got your perspective straight, and I I appreciate it, man. That's good. I had I enjoyed the cookout with the family. I sponged up off of their good cooking. I just laid back. I did buy all the goods. They cooked it up, and they did a fantastic job. And I'm still trying to recover from stuffing myself so much. So I'm kind of lethargic <laughs> right now, still. But nonetheless, it was a good time. But look, I've I, I got to say this now. I, I ran across a real bummer of a thing. I know you've probably seen it. I don't know if you discussed about it, discussed it or not. But there's this 100-year-old Marine veteran. On It's, it's, it's gone viral. His name is Dinkle. Uh, he uh, fought on Iwo Jima in Okinawa. He got the Silver Star twice, apparently, from looking at uh, decorations on his chest. And um, he was crying about what's become of the United States. He said, it's not the United States I and my buddies fought and died for. And it's really heartbreaking to listen to this man. And he's in utter despair of what's become of his nation. This man put everything on the line for it. And uh, it's really sad to watch. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but... It really put a bummer on the holidays. I'm thinking about, you know, watching it, uh, uh, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, he's kind of right. He's kind of right. That's, I have seen Well, how do we that, get him on the podcast is... show? Maybe we can get him on here. That'd be nice, huh? Well, it's on YouTube. His name is Dinkle. He was a sergeant. Uh, like I said, he's 100 years old. Uh, this thing's viral. I mean, this just went all over the place. And like I said, he's got all the decorations from the period, you know, the – uh, Pacific Theater. Uh, he's got the Combat Action Ribbon. He's got the Silver Star. He's got the Purple Heart. He's got all all the stuff. Well, more stuff than most soldiers get. Let's put it that way. And uh, 
Uh, he's an utter despair. You know, the guy's just, you know, it just, uh, it was heartbreaking to watch. I know we lost and the last I, I, World I, I War II. I understand completely how he feels, especially now when you look at the recruiting problems the armed forces are having. Everywhere I look, there's articles about it. They're having trouble getting people into the most important job the federal government does. The single most important institution of the federal government is the armed forces of the United States. They can't mm-hmm. get people to join. They're talking Gee, about lowering standards now below high school. They're letting in, they want to let in people with criminal records in order to meet shortfalls, tattoos on the face, all the stuff they would not admit to lie before now because they're having such trouble. And what they will not acknowledge is what they are, what they're, the kind of people they want to get in the armed forces are absolutely turned off by what the armed forces has become. Yeah. It has become a picture so for social experimentation and, and fanatical, insane wokeism. Yep. You bring That's up why they're not getting point. the kind of people they need to have. You bring up a great point, and let me add to that, because you asked about my little vacation time, and one evening I was at dinner with uh, a man that was in the training academy for... Um, uh, the marshal. Uh, well, anyway, one of the one of the law enforcement uh, agents out of uh, that uh, Colorado Springs area, and I was talking to him about the quality of cadets and the number that they were graduating, and he said, "Man, he said we're having a terrible time getting people." And the sad thing of it is, is the people we're having to pass through here would have never made the first cut. So. That top cream of the crop that uh, should be serving us and, and wearing the, that badge of authority, they're not there. Now we're down to the second cut and below. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Man, That's I'm telling you, I was with the National Guard when they called us up for the first Gulf War. I believe that was the recent, between Vietnam and now, I believe the armed forces that fought in the Gulf War was the most combat ready, the most well trained the most uh, capable armed forces this country has put in the field since World War II. Since then, it's been downhill. I mean, uh, hey, generally. Joe? And it really went no, in a high okay. gear. Uh, who's that in the background? When Obama got elected Somebody... president, it really went in a high gear. Who's Sorry, Roger? hang on a second. Who's that? Somebody's trying to get in here? Go ahead. Yeah, this is Roger. Hey, uh, so, ahead, Roger. you know, I'm former Marine myself. Served in 74, 76, tail end of Vietnam, uh, the pull out of Saigon. Also served in the Navy in the 80s and 90s. I was involved in the first Gulf War. Those Marines you're talking about in the first Gulf War, we carried 890 of them on our ship. Um, And you're right, they were ready to fight. But I will say this about that 100-year-old man you're, you're talking about. Fox News this morning, uh, I just turned the TV on, and they were playing a part about Katie Perry or whatever her name is, how she was trashing the U.S. yesterday with her songs and the things she was saying between the Katie songs. Yeah. And then they played that video of that guy. Not not all of it, but a little bit of it. You know, I I was privileged enough years ago to go to a VFW meeting and talk 
about some things to these men. And in the middle of me talking to them, I realized, my God, I'm standing in front of the greatest generation this nation ever put out. These were all World War II and Korean vets. And I was humbled to the idea that here I am, they should be talking to me. I shouldn't be talking to them. But there (laughs) I was, you know. Uh, What we could learn from those guys. Man, I am telling you, they were my. When I was growing up, those men were my robot. They were my father, and my uncles, and my cousins, and the teachers I had at school, and all. Most of the male role models that really impressed me were either Korean War or World War II veterans. And yeah. I'm telling you, man, for one of a kind, when it came to being tough and masculine, they set the standard. As far as I know, I mean, they almost all of them. We had one teacher. Uh, Mr. Van Buren, I'll never forget this guy. <laughs> we didn't, you know, we didn't know that much about him. We knew he was strict and he was a strict disciplinarian and all that, but we didn't find out till uh, uh, a summer month that this guy had made combat jumps in Sicily, Normandy, and Holland, and he had the Silver Star twice and a Purple Heart three times. And 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 we we were amazed by, it. and then we realized he's the way he is, probably in part because of his experiences. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and then we, the, the, we, I just remember being surrounded by men like that, and I took them for granted. I wish to God I hadn't, because there's so few of them left now. But they yeah. really were an important part of making me what I am and making me understand what a man is and what a man's obligations are. I mean, they were just first rate. And they always were. Yeah, they just, yeah. If they didn't do what they did, we'd all either be speaking German or Japanese. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm telling you, and we stopped to think the conditions under which they did it. There was just a movie that came on, a Turner Classic movie. It's called Merrill's Marauders. And I don't know yeah. if you know anything about Merrill's Marauders or Galahad Force, which is what it was officially known as. But they conducted behind the lines operations in Burma, and uh, they they were they were the, they probably were the most put upon American soldiers in history since Valley Forge. They kept them going mission after mission after mission after mission after telling them, "We're going to relieve you. Don't worry." I mean, and they were behind enemy lines; they had to be resupplied by air. Uh, they were all sick with malaria, or dengue fever, or dysentery, or cholera, or you name it, the jungle disease. Almost every man in the unit had one or more of them, and they kept going and they kept pushing them and kept pushing them and kept pushing them. And that movie show gives you an idea of it, but only hints at how bad it was for them. And what, they weren't the only ones. The men who fought in the European theater of operations, uh, American infantry regiments frequently had anywhere between, uh, fighting in the last eight months of war, from D-Day to the VE Day, American infantry regiments would have anywhere between 100 and 400 percent casualties in the frontline companies. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this was not unusual for any infantry unit engaged in combat in the ETO from D-Day through the end. That's eight months. It's only eight months. A hundred to four hundred percent casualties in rifle companies. That was just you know, to be expected. And then the submarines, and the, uh, you know, the, the, there was a twenty-seven percent death rate among American submariners, and the guys who were flying in the Eighth Air Force, twenty-six thousand men of the Eighth Air Force, most of them heavy bomber crewmen. Uh, uh, 26,000 of them died in the air war over Europe, 
This more than all the Marines that died in World War II. I think it was slightly less than 20,000. 26,000 men just in the 8th Air Force flying out of England. And, mm. I mean, the, we have no idea of what those men went through. What they, and they came back home, took off their uniforms, and then went to build the greatest economy in the greatest country the world has ever seen. And you, yes, you know they what were else? Down. I'll tell you what else. If you would put 10 of those guys in a line and said, we need volunteers to go to one of those, one of those regiments, you'd have had 11 people raise their hand and say, I'll go, because that's who they were. They didn't care if they died. They didn't want to die, but they knew it was something much bigger than them, and they had something to fight for back home, a wife, kids, family, parents, somebody. Yeah. And they remember that let the enemy take over. Remember Pearl Harbor was much more than just a slogan. Oh, yes. It really was. And, yes. then, and then on top of it, you know, I, I, it's like, I, I, look, I know I, I know I went to some fairly intense combat when I was in Vietnam, but I know it was nothing like what the rifle companies and the, the ETO went through, or, or certainly the Marines on some of the Pacific Islands, which mercifully, the Marines, even though the combat was as intense as any, any American soldiers have ever seen, for the Marines, it was relatively brief if you were doing an island hopping thing. I mean, mm-hmm. even Iwo Jima was still only a month, but it was just so intense and savage. Right. You had all these high cats, but still only a month. But nonetheless, I got an idea of what they go. You don't want to look bad in front of your friends and your comrades. You want right. their respect. And even though you're scared to death, you're more afraid of looking less than, like lesser than in front of the people who count on you and who you count on. That's what keeps you going as much as anything Well, you have have right here, sorry. Well, you have right here, Army and Air Force, 318,274 killed, 565,861 wounded. Navy, 62,614 killed, 37,778 wounded. Uh, The Marines, 24,511 killed, 68,207 wounded. Coast Guard, 1,917 killed, and unknown amount wounded. So the total of uh, 407,316 uh, men died in World War II. Yeah, and just think now, most of those casualties occurred in the latter part of 1943 to 1945. Yeah. So think yeah. of it. Even though it was spread out over a, basically a four-and-a-half, maybe five-year period, most of them, the United States didn't really get intensely involved in the war until the latter part of 1943 to the end of 1940. That's when most of them occurred. Yeah. yeah. That's true. We only had a very few amount of people flying with England before Pearl Harbor because uh, they volunteered, and that was kind yeah, of a got an Eagle Squadron people. Yes, and then that was kind of a you know we're we're your goody you know we're your good buddies, so hang in, we'll hang in with you, and that that kind of thing. But then when Pearl Harbor happened, and like you said. They knew back then what Pearl Harbor was all about. The history books doesn't teach you that. But back then, my dad knew exactly what Pearl Harbor was about. And it wasn't about what they said it was. No, our leadership knew exactly what was going on and why it was happening. And the government purposely hurt Japan, you know, so Japan had no choice in, in, in that regard. 
But when yeah, well, you're yeah, talking about the oil embargo, you mean the oil embargo yeah. against Japan? Yeah. They yeah. knew the Japanese were going to strike. The only problem is they didn't know exactly where. They thought it would be in the Philippines first yeah. before yeah. anywhere else. Because the Philippines yeah. were close, closer to the home islands. And they figured they could draw the they figured they the Japanese want to draw the American fleet out into a big decisive battle that it win the war for the Japanese in one stroke. So they really thought they were gonna hit in the Philippines first. They actually though, being audacious as they were then, they said, No, we're gonna what do significant Pacific fleet at Pearl Harbor. What state lost uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you guys a quiz here if anybody knows they could tell me what state lost the most US soldiers during World War Two? Are you talking mm. about by number or per capita? By 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 number, most by numbers. What uh, state in the in the country? Anybody got a, a recollection? Me, take a shot. Was it a northern state, a southern state, or a western state? Oh boy, you want hints? It was a northern state. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the northern state. Okay. How about um, uh, the the Keystone State, Pennsylvania? No, no, it's uh, New York. New York lost. New York? Uh, yeah, 31,215. They also gave up, I think, the, pretty close to, to the large amount in uh, the Korean War and Vietnam, too. Uh, 1,766 in the Korean War and 2,646 uh, 2, in the uh, Vietnam. Hmm. So, yeah, killed. Hmm. That's killed now. Wow. So, killed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's interesting to know. I think per capita, though, it would probably be one of the um, southern states or southern eastern states. It's possible, yeah. About I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's possible. Illinois, I'm surprised Illinois gave, uh, was a, a big one there. I, they jumped out at me. They uh, gave up 18,000 soldiers. 18,600. Well, that's, that's not too surprising for Illinois. Yeah. Be, you know, being a hub... You gotta remember, Illinois back then was a big railroad hub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know. Uh, well, Alaska. I mean, uh, the, uh, Alaska gave up the least. So <laughs> ninety-one. Well, there, there aren't many people in Alaska <laughs> even now. Even now, less than a million people. I think they were a state. I think less than a million people live in Alaska even now. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Nine hundred and thirty-some thousand, isn't it? I don't it's know. I'm not sure. I don't have all those, less, all those numbers. It was about but, half uh, that during World War II, or maybe less. Yeah. 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 But no, no matter day. where they came from, though, man, I mean, you stop to think of the service they gave, uh, given what they had to go up against. And remember, we're talking about an enemy, both the Japanese and the Germans, who could and did regularly defeat our forces on the battlefield. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't met. We haven't really faced an enemy like that since Korea in the winter of 1950. And in yeah. World War II, it was relatively common for the, either the Germans or the Japanese to defeat American forces on the battlefield, at sea, or in the air. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you've got to remember that too. It, we were literally facing peer adversaries back then. Well, more died, obviously, you know, especially with the, the Japanese and uh, and the uh, Germans. I mean, look at the amount of Germans that died during World War II. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's incredible. On the front, mainly, and got one thing. The only thing I'll ever give the Soviet Union any credit for was keeping a lot, keeping a lot of American and British troops from dying. Yeah, yeah, That's most yeah. of them died. I think like four and a half million Germans died on the Eastern Front. Wow, well, 
guy is a loss of life, isn't it? It's so incredible. Who would have thought that in the 30s, you know, that going by, by the close of 1945, over 60 million lives would be lost on, on the planet? You know, isn't it amazing? And look what we're facing today. You know, and, and people just don't understand this. Look at what happened. Learn from yesterday. Learn from history. You know, I mean, turn. I mean, just imagine. We ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till the good Lord. I mean, you know, well, look, you know it's look, coming. Joe, I'm reading what's going on in Eastern Europe right now, and the same names you were reading from 1941 to 1940, same places. Uh, the, the Dnieper River. Uh, Bialystok, Kiev, uh, Vyazma, all these places where they fought these enormous titanic battles back then are cropping up today in the news. The same right, name. The, blood, the soil's red again, huh? The soil is red yeah. again, huh? Wow, yeah. that's the amazing. The same places in, the sa- in many places in the same location. Odessa, wow. Crimea. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Wow. Hey, Joe, that's, that's I'm going to have to get going. Yeah, yeah, we'll get ready to wrap it up here. I go closing, uh, and I always give everyone a closing thought here. Anybody want to give a closing thought here, wrap it up uh, tonight here? Uh, 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 you go first, Roger, since you got to go. Uh, anything you want to say here? Words of wisdom here real quick? Just, we do have a couple just, new listeners here. I just want to say thank you, you know, to you for allowing us to come on because not everybody wants our message out there. You're one of those people that uh, you love our country. You love our our God, and uh, we love you because you're one of us, and we have to watch each other's back. Thank you. And so I just wanted to say thank you for what not only you do for your country, but allowing us to do our part as well. Well, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. I'll see you guys next week. All right, Roger. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Governor, Governor, you want to say something here real quick? Yeah, I do. I'd like to I'd like to challenge us to take a little different look at this conversation tonight. You know, in the wrap up here with Sarge and Sarge, it's nice to converse with you. Welcome back. I always enjoyed our conversations. Uh, you know, we like to step back and think that it's the quality of the person because we see that degradation in society so prevalently among us. Um but not only that, but I think a bigger overlapping factor that we haven't factored in is that warfare has changed in today's war versus a war where you looked an enemy in the eye um, and pulled the trigger or pushed the button. Um, the warfare is different today, and literally we're fighting a war for the mind, not a war that we can identify the enemy and say, oh, that guy's wearing a different colored uniform uh, or his skin's a different color or whatever. Um, and, and without being able to, to get a true sight picture on who that enemy is, I mean, the enemy becomes unidentifiable, and it's just everywhere. It's like a, it's like a spook. Well, a spook is just an imaginary thought. And I think this is what the burden that Joe and, and so many of us, Roger and so many others for over a decade now have carried is this knowledge um, that this uh, gentleman, and I did see that, that video clip, and it was touching. Um, 
see, those people had a true vision of who the enemy was and what needed to be done. And he just went and did what had to be done. I still believe that that spirit in America lives amongst a good majority of us. But we're having a problem identifying an enemy that is worthy of pulling the trigger on. But if you put all the pieces together and realize, you know, the face of this enemy, then hopefully we can survive together uh, because one person isn't going to make it out here in the world we're living in today. And uh, that's the burden, like this old gentleman that you pointed out, that we've carried here, Joe and all of us. We share that burden, and uh, it was well said. Thank you for joining us tonight, Joe uh, and uh, Sarge, and allowing us to uh, join in with you guys. Uh, I'll bless yeah. you, public. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Henning, you want to say something before I let Sarge get the last word here? Um, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe, and uh, thanks, Sarge. Nice to hear your voice here on the on the radio show this evening. Governor Carpenter, again, thank you. Mark Minder, thank you. You know, America has been so through our school system stuff has dumbed down so many of our our young people, and that's why you're not seeing the quality of people stepping up into the military. But I really believe that we we get our republic tilted up and we'll get back to um, true jurisdiction of the rule of law and God's law here in America. I yield. Thank you. Is David still out there by any chance? If he is, uh, anybody else? I know there's 563. David dropped off. Okay, 563, you want to say something real quick? Or I see your uh, microphone, I don't know the number, but 563, I don't know who that is, but maybe not. Um, uh, Mark uh, okay, Mark, you want to say something real quick? or? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, geez, I hope everybody had a good 4th of July, and uh, um, it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work here, and work being research, work being praying, work being and trying to figure this whole thing out and where we fit in at. And uh, you know, if you if you get uh, you know, if you get uh, confused or you need to step back, um, geez, the Bible is a good place to to to, to go to, and you can take that forty thousand foot view, you know, and step back. And and uh, it's already been done before, you know. Like a, like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. So it's just a little bit different method. And that's uh, the Republic. And uh, that yield. Thank you. Amen. And Sarge, of course, yeah, Sarge, I know you get mad at me because you don't know what day I'm on. That's why. You know, like, like Mount Rump, but we're <laughs> yeah, here on Tuesday. We're here Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, right? Is it 6, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday? That is a lock. That's a lock on that one. So, But, Sarge, give us the final word. Go ahead, man. As always, all good to hear Thanks your voice. Thanks a lot, man. And like I said, man, I think you do yeoman service in putting the word out for what American people need to do. I hope you keep it up for as long as you can keep it up, and I'll be listening every chance I get. And I'd like to say this about, you know, I know that the Armed Forces are having trouble meeting its recruitment goals, and it's understandable as to why. It's not because there aren't enough Americans who are willing to do it. They want to go into the Armed Forces for the same reasons that I wanted to go in. I wanted to go into the Armed Forces because, one, I wanted a physical and a mental challenge. I wanted to be tested, and I wanted to be prepared to face the enemies of my country in regard in accordance with its legitimate national security interests and be prepared to close with, engage, and destroy them. 
That's why I went in the armed forces, and I know that's why most of the people who otherwise would be willing to go in the armed forces also want to go. The reason they don't is because they see what the armed forces become. We've got a cowardly poltroon as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and people like him and all the perfume princes who run the armed forces are letting those people who would otherwise enlist, let them enlist. They are being told they are the ones who are the persona non grata coming in the armed forces, the ones who are most suitable to be the ones that you want to close with, engage, and destroy enemies of the United States in pursuit of legitimate national security interests. The ones most likely to be the ones best suited to that are being discouraged from joining the armed forces by a whole host of cultural Marxist reasons that have been inculcated generally throughout the society for the last 60 years. And we're seeing the fruition of it now. And the degradation of these armed forces and of the entire nation as a result of it. We're all being affected with this. And we know who the enemy is. The enemy is the enemy that we are told we shall not speak to. We are being canceled if we speak to it. We're being forbidden to say anything about it if we speak to it. But we know what it is. And at some point, the American people are going to stand up and say, enough of this. They're going to look at things like this World War II gentleman, this noble hero from uh, almost 80 years ago, is trying to tell us this is not what they fought for, and this is not what the United States should be. And I hope to God that this great awakening that looks like it's on the horizon to come comes and has an extinction-level event against these insidious forces trying to destroy the greatest constitutional republic that mankind has ever seen. Amen, Sarge. Sarge, I pulled this up for you, everybody. Uh, Forty years ago, he fought for us. And I know Sarge loves Ronald Reagan, so this is a new one there I, I put, that's been made. Uh, it's five minutes of Ronald Reagan, I guess. So uh, uh, we'll wrap it up with that, everybody. God bless the republic. God bless the republic. You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny. Their 2020 platform sounds identical to policies already tried and now failing in the collapsed socialist state of Venezuela. I believe it will totally eliminate private insurance. So for people out there who like their insurance, they don't get to keep it. Let's eliminate all of that. Let's move on. Abolish ICE. It's a gloomy call for Democrats to get rid of the agency that arrests and removes illegal immigrants from the U.S. Why is it good for us to pay for the health care bills of people who snuck in here against our laws? It's good for people who are in our country, who are contributing to this country's success. It does also apply to, I don't know, gang members or vagrants. I think they were covered too, weren't they? These hot-button issues like free college, free health care, once thought to be radical, appear to be the starting line in this Democratic primary. The three core demands of the National Day of Action are free public college, a cancellation of student debt, and a $15 an hour minimum wage for people who work on the campus. And how's that going to be paid? Um, great question. Uh, I mean, you know, so 
radical means, call me a radical. Nancy, hello. Do you recognize her? Yes, I do. Do you recognize her as the leader of the House Democrats? Of course. We, um, as you are aware, uh, we have, we are diligent. I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please, bring on the recession. Sorry if that hurts people. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, you get out and you tell them they're not welcome. Maple's bowl will be cheated. Listen to Gilhan Omar under attack for anti-Semitic tweets. You respond to that. No, thank you. You use the term occupation of Palestine. What do you mean by that? Oh, um... I think it, what I meant is like the the settlements that are increasing. I am not the expert. They are the future face of the Democratic Party. They are not only anti-Israel, but often that anti-Zionism morphs into anti-Semitism. Either the Klansman or the guy in blackface is right now the Democratic governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam. Northam's nickname was a racial slur. They called me Coon. I did participate in a dance contest in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. Uh, I actually won the contest because I had learned how to do the moonwalk. My wife says inappropriate circumstances. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts with a DNA test to prove her Native American ancestry. Her DNA test claiming she's part Native American appears to be backfiring. Tonight, the leaders of the Cherokee Nation are speaking out against Senator Elizabeth Warren's campaign video touting her Native American ancestry. dropping out of place. Zero carbon emissions, no use of fossil fuels within 12 years. That is the goal. It's ambitious. And How is that possible to let everybody have to drive an electric car? Admitting in earlier drafts that, quote, we aren't sure that we'll be able to fully get rid of farting cows and airplanes that fast. I really don't like their policy of taking away your car, of taking away your airplane flights, of let's hop a train. You're not allowed to own cows anymore. You know, there are a lot of problems. It was stunning how quickly some Democrats jumped on this proposal. Oh, oh it's impractical. Oh, it's too expensive. Keeping track of Democrats who might be driving a hard left, and a lot of them happy to do so. Socialism is apparently becoming mainstream. America will never be a socialist country. We're born free, we will live free, and we will die free. This has been a great movement. They try like hell, they cannot stand what we've done. But we're doing the right thing. And I will never, ever, ever let you down. God bless the Republic. Uh, continue to fight, everybody. Take care. Always well. Thanks, Joe. Take care, Joe.